Welcome back to Considerations from the Capitol from the Deeper Dive Podcast. My name is Bill Winnell. As always, joined by Father Larry Swink. Good morning, Father. Hey, good morning, Bill. Good morning, everybody. Today's Monday of the fifth week in Lent, and Father's going to reflect on both the gospel and the first reading. We'll read the gospel according to St. John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued to ask him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Father. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, So we are getting closer and closer to uh, Holy Week. We have one more complete week of Lent, and then we Sunday will be Palm Sunday. And, you know, like I've been saying throughout Lent, there is just this ongoing examination of conscience that our Lord um, puts us through with these uh, readings. Um, Bill mentioned the gospel, but I'll just say a word about the uh, first reading. It's uh, the it's about Susanna who was uh, bathing in the garden. These two old men basically, you know, tried to seduce, tried to take advantage of her, and said if they didn't do what she, what they wanted, they would accuse her of uh, of uh, sexual sin, uh, which she was innocent of, and she was acquitted after um, they basically uh, proved that they that she was abducted by these men and then we have in this gospel this woman who actually was guilty of the sin of adultery caught in the very act and our lord sets her free so it's really a, a gospel that talks about the va- the virtue of uh chastity and uh and purity and and how to live this uh, i was reading a website it said what is the number one sin uh you would like to put to death in your life um and 60 percent of men under the age of 45 years old named sexual sin um, and, um, so in a sense, like chastity is one of the more delicate issues and it's prevalent in our culture today, not spoken about an, a lot. And, uh, and a lot of, I think most people kind of relativize or, you know, sexual sin, but we as Catholics, we know that we're called to live purity and purity is not a negative virtue. It's a positive virtue that permits us to love people, uh, in the way they should be loved to, uh, for men to treat women with uh, with love and dignity, to treat them as daughters of God and vice versa, or whatever the person may be. Um, you know, people that struggle with same-sex attraction are called to live chastity just like everyone else. Uh, you know, not to use people for sexual pleasure. And uh, a married man is called to be faithful to his wife and be open to life. And a single person is supposed to live perfect continence like a priest. And a priest is supposed to live perfect chastity and it's priesthood. It's not a suppression but it's a it's a it's a grace to be able to love. Now, <clears throat> how do we live this virtue? There is a there is a 
uh, a lot of times when I preach on this topic on retreats, I use this one uh, c- um, this one paragraph from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and I think it's very helpful. And we can just kind of briefly meditate on this. Uh, and I, I think this can also come into play for other virtues too, other than chastity. But it says, whoever wants to remain faithful to his, uh, I guess you could say her, baptismal promises and resist temptations will want to adopt the means for doing so. And it, the first thing it says, self-knowledge. All right, self-knowledge, just stop there. Um, <clears throat> you know, a person has to really know, uh, in a sense, like we're they are weak. Uh, there is a, a degree of, uh, when it comes to chastity, it's a little bit subjective. So certain things might be tempting to certain people and certain people not so much, you know, and you just have to know yourself. Certain people, uh, tend to, uh, get tempted in this area when they're lazy, when they're, um, when they're angry about something, there's sometimes another, uh, you know, sort of deadly sin that is, that per- can kind of fire this up. Um, when they're stressed and they're uh, tired, uh, all kinds of things. So a person has to, through trial and error, come to know like, all right, when do I, when am I most vulnerable? Right. And, uh, self-knowledge is very, very important. Or what are the, what is for myself, what is an occasion of sin, uh, for me? Okay. And that changes from person to person, right? Uh, so that's the first thing to know yourself. Um, number two, practice of excesis. And what that means is self-denial, right? And um, one thing you'll you'll notice is that uh, in the spiritual life, in many of the saints have talked about this, if someone is not living virtue in other areas, okay, they're probably not going to live too well the virtue of holy purity. Um, excesis means like sort of self-discipline in certain areas. Now, an example of this would be, um, you know, like with food and drink. Uh, many of the saints uh, say that um, gluttony is the forerunner or of, um, of of impurity. And so a lot of times if a person drinks too much or eats too much, they probably, not always, but many times could uh, fall into uh, sexual temptation because they don't have like the willpower uh, to say no to it, um, especially drinking. I mean, drinking is, <laughs> I would say, um, is uh, is something to... Uh, there have probably been many uh, college babies conceived because of drunkenness, <laughs> you know, in, in other words. So it, it because it's a, a person doesn't have the wherewithal to know exactly what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, in a sense, we have to have, uh, practice uh, mortification or self-denial. Another thing, too, which I tell men, men but women also, is um, just sort of regarding the senses, uh, this is a form of uh, self-denial. So for instance, if it, you're walking down the street and you see a guy sees a beautiful one running, running down the street, um, you know, wow, she's beautiful. Uh, St. Jose Maria says the first look is fine. The second's deadly. <laughs> so it's sort of like, just sort of uh, offering up that second look and saying, all right, you know, um, fine. She's a beautiful woman. Let's move on. Uh, and, uh, and, and as the, as, as, as the weather gets warmer and warmer and warmer, uh, and the dress code gets less modest, uh, there's more of a need to practice this excesis. Uh, next is, um, <clears throat> is adopted is, uh, is obedience to God's commandments. I mean, we just f- simply have to realize that, you know, sin is what it sends and not to justify these things. Uh, one of the things that I think can really, in that first reading, it says that these, uh, men suppress their consciences and, um, uh, and a lot of people can do this. They can sort of justify things and be like, well, it's, you know, it's not a big deal. 
you're not going to grow fast if you just don't see things for what they are. And last but not least is exercising of the moral virtues. Now, when we talk about the moral virtues, I think what the church is implying here is to exercise, I think, first and foremost, the virtue of prudence, right? Um, you know, uh, once again, it goes to it goes to that first point of knowing oneself and to avoiding s- scenarios that are um, could be jeopardizing. Uh, I've used this anecdote before, but there was a uh, a man who's a friend of my father, and he was a married man and some, you know, quite a few children. Um, was not that old. And uh, he was uh, asked to serve uh, in the Air Force in a silo, which was many, many, uh, for, for many months, he had to stay in the silo for many months down below, you know, way below the ground um, with a very young, attractive woman for about six months. And he looked at his command and officer. She goes, you're kidding me, right? Like, um, just the two of us. <laughs> he's like, well, that's, that's the orders. And he's like, I can't do that. He's like, um, that's a long time down there, uh, blah, blah. And the guy kind of looked at him like the commanding officer, like, well, well, you know, don't you mature? He's like, well, whatever. I mean, he's like, I'm mature, but this is, I'm human. Uh, he was actually court-martialed for not, not obeying orders. Uh, he was reprieved of the court-martial after, I guess, someone who had some like a Christian conscience realized his position. I think they reassigned him uh, to another assignment, but he just knew himself. He said he just knew his wife would not be uncomfortable, would be uncomfortable with the situation. He would be uncomfortable and he didn't know, uh, you know, what to, you know, he was exercising prudence. I just can't do that. And some people say, well, he's being, he's being a wimp. No, he's being smart. And, um, and I think a lot of times is a lot of times when you don't use your sense of reason and you don't use common sense in this particular area, you always get burned. But if you use, if you use these virtues, uh, you'll be able to grow. Last but not least, right? If you fall, just get up, go to confession, ask the Lord for mercy, and move on. And you know, it's one of those things. Just tell the priest, just cough it up. This happened, and it's really in the eyes of Christ. You know, he's like that woman. He says, "Did anyone condemn you?" He said, and she says, "No one, sir." And then he says those beautiful words, "Neither do I condemn you." Now go and sin no more, right? And you know, in a sense that we have to begin again in this area, in a sense that there's failures in this area. The catechism makes one point about chastity, which makes no point about any other virtue. It says it's a long and exacting task, right? This is a very long, exacting task. It takes years to perfect. So if you haven't perfected the virtue, uh, know that the church understands that. But eventually, through the grace of God and through God's grace, all people will perfect this before they go to heaven. So uh, so don't be like these two old men, you know, in the in the garden. Uh, you know, uh, be be like Christ, and 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 also never get discouraged as error, but just know with God, thank, with God, all things are possible. So purity, once again, is the wings of love, as many saints have said. And the more we grow in this virtue, the more we love God and other people. All right, have a great day, peace.